0: welcome it's amelia and with spiritual fit yoga it's monday august 2nd 2021 and i'm excited to bring you this episode with my friend dr mallory fox dr mallory fox is a native phoenician which means she's from phoenix arizona she's a local business owner of foxy fit where she helps busy people make time for self-care through mindful movement a former competitive swimmer Mallory put herself through grad school working as a personal trainer. She started her business, Foxy Fitness, in 2013 and enjoyed the busy life of an entrepreneur until a car accident in 2018 left her with a traumatic brain injury and vision loss. After a lifetime of hustle, a no pain, no gain attitude, Mallory found that recovering from her injuries required a total mindset shift. She put her energy into learning how to rest, connect to her body, and use stress to her advantage. Now, Mallory helps other people who have experienced life changing events to transform their mindsets through mindful movement. Well, this episode, you get to hear Mallory share her story of her car accident and what she has sustained, the injuries she has sustained, how is she recovering and the transformation she has experienced for herself and then how she has been able to help others through their own personal transformations. I'm excited for you to get to know Mallory and I'm grateful to be back to share this with you. As always, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you tuning in. We're going to jump right in after this brief commercial into this episode, this interview with Dr. Mallory Fox. Thank you all for being here. Peace out. Hey friends, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode and for my podcast, ubindi.com, which is the booking platform I use for my group classes, for private classes. I can actually use it for any type of offering where I want to allow a student to book and pay online. So if this is of interest to you, go to ubindi.com, U-B-I-N-D-I.com, give them a try, you can do a free trial, and if you choose to go for the annual essentials plan, use the discount code Amelia, A-M-E-L-I-A, and get 50% off. It's already super affordable, check it out, get the additional 50% off, it's really easy to use, it's great for a teacher like me, a yoga teacher, any of you that are teachers out there, check it out, ubindi.com, and also, check out spiritualfityoga.com. If you're curious about my offerings, whether it's energy healing or life coaching or private yoga classes, or you just want to get to know what is it that I might be able to offer you to empower you and to lead you to your highest self, go to spiritualfityoga.com and book a free consult with me. All right, that's it, my friends. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you for spreading the word. That's always a great way to say thank you to any podcaster. I appreciate you. Enjoy today's episode. Peace out. Welcome, Mallory. Thank you so much for being here. Would you share where, where are you at? Where are you speaking to us? from? Give a little slice of life or slice of this present moment for you right now and where you are.
1: (laughs) I am located in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is normally very sunny. But today we had a giant monsoon storm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love rain. So it was a treat to wake up to this morning. And life right now is, you know, in Arizona, we haven't had a whole lot of restrictions throughout the pandemic. So um, I've personally been home quite a bit and um, just gotten back to working in person with clients. And it's, you know, that's kind of just, I take life a day at a time where I really attempt to take life a day at a time. And what my days look like are focusing on mindfulness, um, connecting with loved ones Cuddling my dogs and mm-hmm. doing a lot of work online. My my business has really shifted, you know, out of one on one in person work to online. So I spend a lot of time in front of a computer most days.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And Mallory, I feel like I have been privileged to be in the presence of you in a couple of momentous moments or around some momentous moments. One time was in San Francisco when you and Brian surprised me and um, took a class at Baptiste Power Yoga, San Francisco. And it was right after you got engaged, right? Am I remembering this correctly? Yes, yes. That was so fun. And he proposed, did he propose to you at the Golden Gate Bridge? What was the?
1: Yes, uh, we went to visit my grandmother And we also guest taught at Baptiste Power Yoga San Francisco. And uh, the day that we got off the airplane, we got our car and we drove to the Golden Gate. And he surprised me. I was completely Uh shocked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was was so fun seeing Mm -hmm. you after that. And uh, you and I... We went through, and the other time I saw you was through our Fit to Lead training, yoga teacher training, through the Baptiste Institute. And I knew you before this accident, which I'll share you about, and then and then I saw you after. And mm-hmm. and I'd like you to fill in, because I actually don't even know all the details, and I'm so excited to hear, hear your experience and your story. Um, I just know that what I've witnessed and what I've been observing is that there's There's been a shift and a transformation, um, maybe even because of this accident, or maybe there was a blessing or a gift after this accident. And um, do you mind sharing your story about all that?
1: Yeah. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to chat about it. Um, Because Mm -hmm. I know that when I was going through it, I really relied on other people to share that they'd been through something before. And like seeing other people's stories really helped give me hope and inspiration. So um, I'm always grateful to be able to talk about talk about it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, yeah, my only wish is that my story helps somebody else. And um, so it's a gift. So thank you for giving me this space to share. Of course. And it was so, you know, hearing you reflect back on our relationship um, is really special because I was in a car accident. I was rear-ended when I was at a stoplight. And I had a brain injury and, um, a few weeks after I found out that I'd, I'd hit my head on the steering wheel, but I didn't have bruises. I wasn't bleeding. Um, you know, I, I walked away from the accident. I felt very lucky to be, um, able to walk away from the accident and, um, you know, kind of thought to myself, you know, it's just a brain injury. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and soft tissue damage. But I found out about eight weeks after my accident that when my head hit the steering wheel, my right eye moved in my skull Mm -hmm. and, um, my brain to compensate turned my left eye off. So when I got to see a vision specialist, a neuro optometrist, um, she, I was testing legally blind in my left eye, like my I had lost, yeah, I had 20, 20 vision before the accident and, um, to help me survive, my brain just decided to turn off my left eye because my eyes were no longer aligned. And, Mm. um, it was really fascinating. I can (laughs) talk about it now. And, you know, my, my doctorate and my master's are in kinesiology. So I know a lot about the human body and the different systems. And so, learning about something in a textbook is one thing and then experiencing it in my own body has been really challenging and really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, so hearing about like our relationship was kind of healing because a lot of the time from about a year before the accident up until maybe a year after the accident, I struggle with memory. Um, Mm -mm. so I'd actually forgotten (laughs) about, um, like even my engagement, my wedding, those are kind of fuzzy. So it was really, really nice. It's always helpful to me when people kind of remind me of, um, of those two years that I, my brain has just kind of, kind of put in the background. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I remember our first week of fit to lead was before my accident. Mm Mm-hmm. And then our second week in person of Fit to Lead, it was a year-long program. Um, My second week was the same week of the accident. I'd had the accident Tuesday, and then we all showed up in Park City, Utah on Sunday. And at that point, I just still didn't understand um, what was going on. You know, my expectation from the doctors that I saw after my accident was that I was going to have a rough couple of weeks And I remember being frustrated that, you know, this happened right before our week-long fit to lead um, because I wasn't allowed to practice yoga. Um, Mm -hmm. My my doctor had said, you know, you need to limit stimuli. You need to, you know, not do things like go upside down. And so I remember traveling to Park City and, you know, I'd committed and made a big financial commitment a big time commitment, just like you did to be a part of fit to lead with the Baptist Institute. I remember being really, really upset that I wasn't going to be able to get, you know, my 100% out of this program. Um, you know, I had an expectation for the fit to lead program. You know, I'm very much, um, I'm a recovering perfectionist and
0: (laughs) Like a lot of us.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I think that draws a lot of people to yoga. I don't know why, mm-hmm. um, but I just, and I don't know if you would relate to this, but I, I wanted to get every ounce out of fit to lead that I possibly could. And then this accident happened to me and I, you know, suddenly um, couldn't physically practice yoga and you know, mentally my brain just couldn't keep up. Um, I had a lot of, a lot of physical symptoms and then a lot of, um, like neurological symptoms. Like I couldn't, I remember wearing like noise canceling headphones and earplugs because my brain was so sensitive to sound. And if you've ever been to a Baptiste program, (laughs) you know that (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot going on, you know, each exercise requires I think there were were there 80 people in our fit to lead right yeah so sometimes there are you know 40 to 80 people talking at once you know when we're in a Mm -hmm. partner and I just I found like through that week I my head was in so much pain Mm -hmm. and I was so sensitive to noise and light and any kind of stimulation I showed up every morning and I just couldn't even stay in the room most of Mm -hmm. those days and so um I just really struggled that week. And then I thought, okay, you know, the next time we go to fit to lead, you know, it was, I think Thanksgiving week was our next um, section. I was like, you know, by then I'll be a hundred percent and everything will be fine.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I
1: wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the following set, our third out of four week long meetings was in January. And I was like, okay, you know, no, sorry, it wasn't January. It was April. So I had all of that time and I figured it would be okay. And the way my program ended actually was just before fit to lead. My neurologist said, I don't want you to go to your yoga program. And for me, I don't think I'd ever quit anything in my life. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was really, really hard to wrap my head around and, Except, Literally. <laughs> yeah. And except yeah. that my program was going to be different from everyone else's. And mm-hmm. by that time, um, so by that time, I still, from a medical standpoint, I still couldn't drive. Um, I was struggling a lot with just functioning day to day. Like I'd fallen several times. I had dizziness. I had still a lot of vision problems. I was, you know, in all types of therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, vision therapy, psychotherapy, was in group therapy. I was being treated for PTSD and anxiety and depression because my life had fallen apart. And Mm -hmm. um, I remember just being so hung up on the fact that I wasn't gonna, you know, do the program the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so it's, it's really, um, Interesting, and what I would say the gift in all of that is that it opened my eyes and it forced me to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had to learn how to be flexible in my mind and not just in my body. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, whether you intended this or not, which it sounds like it wasn't intentional, but then the, the primary focus of yoga is to calm the fluctuations of the mind. Mm -hmm. Right. So just like, so instead of focusing on your physical practice, you were forced to focus on, you know, being this like, what a practice of equanimity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about equanimity, that things are outside of your control and, um, and you are you were, in a way, doing yoga, harder yoga. You were probably, in a way, doing a harder yoga pose than you ever have in your entire life.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it definitely felt that way. And mm-hmm. um, I think mental yoga is just as valid as physical yoga. And mm-hmm. it was what I resisted the most. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. Yeah, even in, I think it was our first fit to lead meeting that I, you know, shared, I think with Baron, like in front of the whole group, like how much I hated meditation. Mm. (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. fast forward, you know, four months, and that was all that I could do. Right. Um, It was just focusing on taking one breath at a time. And, um, and, you know, I, again, like, it's difficult. And anyone listening who's been through anything traumatic, you know, COVID is a great example, because we've all experienced COVID in some way. Um, And that's been a very traumatic experience for many. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so people might relate to this, you know, there are times when all you can do is take one breath at a time. And I learned that that's what mindfulness is. Mm -hmm. And I learned how much I was, you know, like self-medicating or distracting myself with being busy and, you know, all of these different things. I learned that through my experience with the accident.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, can I ask you a few more details? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, I'm just curious, the actual accident itself, How how fast was the car going behind you? Like, what was the speed? of the rear end. Do you remember?
1: I I don't know. Um, so the speed limit on that road was 45 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And I was at a stop. And I did see before the driver hit me, I saw, mm-hmm. you know, that split second in the rearview mirror, I'm not sure why I looked up. Mm-hmm. But I saw, you know, her right there. And mm-hmm. so, you know, my best guess would be, she was going at least 45. She wasn't looking at the road. Um, mm-hmm. so she had no idea that I was there. Um, right. so my best guess is that she was going at least 45
0: miles an hour. So it wasn't just a, a fender bender. It was a.
1: Yeah. I mean, my car held up really well. It wasn't mm-hmm. totaled, you know, I went through this experience and I thought I'm just lucky, you know, to be here. Um, mm-hmm. like one of the memories that I have, like really, really strong still from that day was right after she hit me, I'd had, um, a cup of coffee in my console Mm -hmm. next to me. Mm -hmm. And I just taught yoga at the air force base where Brian, my husband is stationed. Mm -hmm. And so it was from early that morning and there wasn't much coffee left in my cup, but she hit me hard enough that, you know, the the lid of my Dunkin' Donuts coffee flew off Mm -hmm. and all of my coffee ended up on the windshield. Mm-hmm. And I remember having this moment of like seeing that on the windshield and just thinking, "I'm really lucky." Mm-hmm. I'm lucky to to be you know as okay as I am." Mm-hmm.
0: And in that moment, did you think you got hit hard, or did you actually have an experience of pain in the in your head when you hit the steering wheel or the neck or?
1: You know, I was really, really in shock. Um, She tried to leave the scene and um, it was a really stressful accident scene from that standpoint. She didn't have her license or registration. I'm sorry. She had her license, but it was expired. She didn't have a Mm -hmm. registration in the car. She didn't have proof of insurance in the car. Um, Mm -hmm. She had kids who were crying in the car and, and she wouldn't. She told me not to call EMS to get them checked out. Mm. So I was just, I was really like the adrenaline was flowing. You know, I was trying to keep her there at the scene. I was trying to make sure that, you know, it's, it's the law to report an accident (laughs) to your insurance company. She was Mm -hmm. asking me not to do that. Like it Mm. was just a time where I couldn't focus on myself or what had happened. You know, I Mm -hmm. was just trying to like manage that situation. And I was also headed to work. So, you know, I was thinking about, honestly, I was thinking about everyone other than myself. I was thinking about her kids. I was thinking about, you know, what my husband would say to me if I didn't get her insurance information, you know, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about, um, following the letter of the law. I'm kind of a goody two shoes. I was thinking (laughs) about the client that I had to message and cancel, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was just so much else in my mind. And I remember thinking at the time, I don't have time for this. Mm. As soon as my head hit the windshield, I'm sorry, the, the steering wheel, like that's what I remember. I don't have time for this today.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So you, you hit the, the steering wheel, mm-hmm. but you were able to open up the door and get out and talk to her. Sounds like.
1: Yeah. We had to pull off the road um, into a parking lot. and She asked me what had happened. Um, so I was also concerned that she was impaired in some way because she, she she didn't didn't know, she didn't know what happened and she stumbled and, then she didn't have like, she wasn't very coherent. Like she, Mm -hmm. I was just concerned even that medically there was something wrong with her, but, um, yeah, it was a really stressful morning. Yeah. And, And um, there did, did
0: somebody come and did they take your car away or did you actually drive away in your car?
1: I actually drove away in my car. Um, the responding officer released me first. And, um, at that point I knew that I wasn't like fully okay. I knew I was very shaken up Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to go home. Like there was Mm -hmm. something that was like, just go home, like go home and rest. Um, and we were also packing up my condo to move. We had just bought a house. And we were getting ready to leave to go out of town to um, go to fit to lead. So I had a lot mm-hmm. on the to-do list. Right. So I, I text my clients for that day to cancel them. I said, hey, I was in an accident. I'm okay, but I don't think I can work today. Right. Um, I had told Brian what happened. And he met me at home and um, took care of like calling our insurance company. He dropped my car off to be fixed. Um and it was just uh I remember within a couple of hours, so the accident was around like 7 40 in the morning. And by noon I had a headache and just mm. felt off. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, being in an industry where, you know, concussions are really common and stuff like that, I thought to myself, I probably have a concussion and I know like what to do for it. Like if I went to the hospital right then you know, sit there for a while. They'd probably give me an MRI and then they'd probably send me home and tell me to rest and, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. So Brian was like, do you need to go to the ER? And I said, I really just don't want to, I just want to be home. Like (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just had this desire, like I was tired. I, my nervous system was still pretty jacked up from how stressful the scene was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, they're not going to be able to do anything for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, you know, I probably am going to have whiplash. I'm probably going to have, you know, maybe a concussion. Like, you know, if I need to see someone, you know, I'll see how I feel tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the next morning, um, when I woke up, I couldn't lift my head off the pillow. My, Mm. my neck muscles were so weak and, um, Tight, like I just couldn't even support my head. So that's when I sought treatment and um, started. And did you go?
0: Did you go to the doctor that next day, or?
1: Yeah, I went to physical therapy the second day, the day after Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the accident, and I went to um, see the doctor. And then I I asked if I needed to see a neurologist, and they said no. Let's take a couple of weeks. You should mm-hmm. be feeling better within a couple of weeks. and if you're not, you know, then you can you know see a neurologist. Um, but they gave me, you know, a doctor's note of what I you know shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some restrictions. Um, so that included, you know no yoga. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, basically just to to limit, I was cleared to travel, I was cleared to fly. They said just don't lift anything heavy above Mm -hmm. your head, you know, stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. um, take ibuprofen, drink water, get sleep, all of that. Mm. Yeah, where in
0: the timeline, did you notice um, your loss of vision? You said your
1: left eye turned off? Yeah. So I had persistent double vision from the I kind of trace it back to it it was probably the morning after the accident was when I first noticed the double vision. Mm. And, um, now I know. So double vision is really common after a concussion, Mm -hmm. but the source of my double vision was because my eye moved. So, Mm. you know, if our eyes are, are lined up and then suddenly one's off, like Mm -hmm. it makes sense that you would see double. Mm -hmm. Um, but all of the symptoms that I had, the dizziness, the nausea, the falling, um, the double vision, like that's all consistent with concussion. It's all consistent with, um, you know, anytime there's a head injury. So I wasn't mm-hmm. really worried about it. I reported those symptoms to my doctor and, um, and that's, you know, I was like, this is kind of just part for the course. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I knew enough to know that it wasn't a weird thing that I was having these symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I just did my best. Like I I spent a lot of time with my eyes shut because, um, I'd never dealt with motion sickness before or, um, anything. And I, I was dizzy and nauseous all the time Mm. from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when we got back from fit to lead, it was Memorial Day, sorry, Labor Day weekend. And so the day after Labor Day weekend, I started calling neurologists and try to get an appointment because it had been two weeks at that point. And things actually had gotten worse from the day after the accident. Mm-hmm. Like my soft tissue issues were better, but anything brain-related was much worse. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then when you say that the eye turned off... Uh Does that mean you went blind in your left eye or no, or?
1: Yeah. So I was legally blind in my left eye. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, we didn't find that out right away. So my neurologist first sent me to physical therapy and speech therapy and occupational therapy. And, um, it was with my occupational therapist And my physical therapist that they both noticed that my balance was better when my eyes were closed, which, Mm. you know, as, as you know, as a yoga teacher, that's not normal. No. (laughs) Um, Anyone listening to this, like try balancing on one foot with your eyes open and try it with your eyes shut. And it's much harder with your eyes shut. So they were both like, there's something else going on here. And I'm grateful that they realized that so quickly. And mm-hmm, yeah. um, it took a little time for me to get in with this specialist, um, Dr. Gong in Phoenix. She specializes in sports uh, vision. Mm-hmm. so it took a little bit of time to get in with her. And then I had a total of eight hours of testing with her team. Um, and then they you know came back with this, diagnosis, you know, my, Mm -hmm. my brain essentially, as they explained it to me, my brain had most likely um, turned my left eye off so that I would see better with just the one eye, Mm -hmm. Um, which is really fascinating.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: There's a study um, that was done several years ago, where they, they wanted to see what our brains would do. So they there were these glasses that they gave to study participants and the glasses flipped, like they would turn a room upside down basically. And after, you know, so many days of wearing those glasses, the brain actually rewired so that when people would take the glasses off, they would still see the flipped, like the upside down, um, vision. And I can't remember the name of the study, but wow. Yeah. So our brains are amazing. And, Mm -hmm for whatever reason, my brain decided the safest thing for it to do rather than have me walk around with one eye higher than the other was to just rely on one eye.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So to, to have um some clarity for the listeners, so just mm-hmm. getting a timeline, we're talking about, this is almost two, three years ago? Gosh. Yes, this to... was,
1: it's hard with COVID, right? Um, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this was so the accident was August 21st of 2018. and then okay. the diagnosis I got was actually Halloween of 2018. Okay. Um, so it was about 10 weeks after the accident that I found out the eye stuff.-hmm Yeah. So now it's almost three years
0: later. Yeah. And how was your vision now? How was how was your brain?
1: Yeah. So my vision, I was in vision therapy weekly for a little over a year and I'm very lucky. Um, and I worked, you know, really hard obviously to, um, be back at 2020 in both eyes. Mm. Um, I still struggle. Like if I'm tired, my vision will start to, um, I'll start to get double vision. So then I have to be really strict with myself to rest whenever I start to get any vision symptoms, like that's mm-hmm. the number one thing that I try to notice. And, you know, in the past before this accident, I was really good at just pushing through things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what I've learned now is that when I push through something, um, it can set me back for days or even weeks. So, mm-hmm. um, i work very hard to make sure that I don't push past my, um, my limits, which is a huge mindset shift for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still under the care of a neurologist at Barrow's and, um, I get Botox for migraines every 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. So along with all the vision issues and, you know, I think the migraines contributed to the vision and the vision contributed to the migraines. Cause my, um, my brain just got so, um, so overtaxed from trying to just keep, keep me moving and um, functioning. So I had a migraine that lasted every day without any relief for about 10 months after the accident. And then we finally found a combination between um, trying different medications for migraine and all kinds of different types of therapy, like trigger point injections, um, nerve blocks, all kinds of things. So About 10 months after the accident, we found that doing Botox for migraines every 12 weeks and taking medication every day um, helps to bring it down from a daily migraine to, you know, once a week migraine or so. Wow. So for 10 months,
0: you were experiencing
1: a Mm -hmm. migraine?
0: Yeah. Like nonstop? Nonstop. That pain or the...
1: Yeah, nothing would make it. nothing made it ever go away it was so through all of fit to lead (laughs) um yeah yeah, just like constant pain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
0: i remember i remember your face um you know right after the accident and Mm -hmm. um I remember, you know, asking you how you were doing and it was it was hard for you to focus your eyes. I still remember that because mm-hmm. you were very good about eye contact. You, yeah. you, you give the best hugs, you know, you love to socialize, you have the brightest smile and you love to talk to everybody. And then, you know, I remember that shift,
1: mm-hmm. you know, and,
0: and I remember your you expressing your frustration. You know, I think I remember seeing you sitting in the back of the room first starting with that. And yeah. then the um, the earplugs and and the noise, the stimulation was like just so much, yeah, so much for you. And um, and then hearing you share like the frustration that it's just like, you know, you were disappointed in yourself mm-hmm. that you couldn't, you couldn't push through. And then now, you know, now you know, like, you know, now it's almost three years later, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and looking back. You know, what, what have you, what have you learned, learned from this?
1: You know, it's, um, I've learned so much not to be cliche, but I've completely changed. I'm a different person now than I was Mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, yeah, like hearing you share like your experience with me. Like, I remember that, like, I remember how upset I was you know with myself for not getting better um you know before that i truly believed and i'd you know been taught in school and you know in life that if you work hard results happen and you mm-hmm. get to where you want to be and um and i've always had i think some control issues <laughs> and mm-hmm. um the you know perfectionism for me was about control and um like I had to, it was like such a core shift for me to accept that I wasn't in control of my recovery. I was in control of the choices I made every day about my recovery, but I was not in control of how long it took, um, what it looked like if I would ever get those abilities back. Um, like all of that was out of my control. Like the outcome was out of my control. Mm -hmm. And that's a big piece of what I was struggling with during fit to lead. Like I'm I'm a good patient. I'm doing everything, and sometimes even beyond what my doctors and my therapists would want me to do, and it wasn't—it wasn't paying off. I wasn't getting the result that I wanted. Um, so it wasn't just like a physical hardship. Like for me, it was very much like you know mental yoga, mm-hmm. of you know coming back to it and and just practicing that daily of giving up the control and focusing on the process and not the outcome. Cause I, mm-hmm. I got to a point, you know, where I, I realized um, a very low point where I realized I had to stop treating myself that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I wasn't going to get through it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I love having this conversation with you. And, and, you know, I didn't realize when I when I would share my, my memories of you that it might help you with your memory, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) which is which is interesting. And I'm curious, now that you know what you know. So let's say the accident happens, and this happens to a friend, Mm -hmm. they get in an accident. What would you tell them to do in terms of, of medical care? Is there something different, a different way, way that you would have approached it um, now that you know what you know?
1: I've thought about that so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I can say with confidence that um, there's nothing I could have done differently to change the mm-hmm. outcome. Like mm-hmm. I 100% believe that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I would just change how I treated myself, or I would encourage my friend to really look at how they're treating themselves through that hardship. Mm -hmm. Um, I would recommend that they, um, get emotional support. And, um, you know, what was, I think the most difficult thing for me was that, Um, your brain injury, vision problems, those are all invisible. The migraines, those are invisible. Mm -hmm. They're invisible injuries. Um, My husband really struggled with understanding because he would look at me and I looked exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, you know, everything that I was dealing with was inside. It was invisible and it was also on me to explain what I was going through.
0: Mm-hmm. And when
1: you shared about like remembering my face after the the injury and you know how my eyes couldn't focus, like everything that was happening in my body. Um, so also like my the processing speed of my brain was really delayed. Um, that was another thing I found out from the neurooptometrist. so. Mm-hmm. No, I have a doctorate. I'm pretty well educated. And because of that, you know, they would expect my brain processing speed would be, you know, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And when I got tested, my brain was processing at the speed of a kindergartner. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it it was one of those things where with everything else happening, there is then that I needed to be able to explain what was happening because no one could see it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that capacity. You know, I didn't have the, um, I didn't have the words. I had speech aphasia, which means, you know, you forget words. Like people would ask me how I was and I couldn't come up with the words to explain what was going on, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is also very hard. Um, so someone, if you, if anyone listening to this has been in an accident or has a loved one who's been in an accident, um, do what you can to, to write things down or to help, you know, list symptoms for them. Because, you know, when I was seeing doctors and therapists, it relied on me, my, my brain injured self to Mm -hmm. explain what was happening. And a lot of days I just couldn't do that. Like I was Mm -hmm. just trying to exist. I couldn't have a conversation or remember, you know, these concerns and, um, and that was really challenging because, you know, people still expected me to be the 32 year old PhD. And yet, you know, my brain was processing as a five-year-old.
0: Hmm. Right.
1: Wow. Yeah. So that would be the, the, the best advice I would give someone who's either going through it themselves or, or knows someone who's going through it. Like, mm-hmm. um, to understand that, you know, not all injuries are, are visible. Mm-hmm. We never know what someone is dealing with and, um, to, you know, try to help advocate, um, for them. Like in the beginning, you know, I went to, you know, Brian worked and, um, And I have trouble asking for help. So like I went to most of my doctor's appointments by myself. So, you know, one way that someone could support somebody else is go to a doctor's appointment with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if they don't ask, like just be there, you know, for support or um, to, you know, ask questions of the doctors or even just report like what, you know, you've noticed in the loved one.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Those
1: those things could be really helpful.
0: Right, right.
1: And do you, would you have,
0: now that you know what you know, would you have um, went to Park City, went to that Fit to Lead still? That just right after the accident. <laughs> That's such a
1: good question. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're okay with me asking. It's yeah, like, I, I, abs- I, I absolutely am. Yeah. Um. You know, I had... I had such a problem. I couldn't say no to people before the yeah. accident, and now I say no all the time. Mm. Um, <laughs> I was a people pleaser, mm. and you know I had this. I don't think it would have been possible at the time for me to stay home from it. Yeah, you know I had spent so much money to be in it. Um, I didn't want to get kicked out of the program. I got all these stories around why I needed to be there, and I do think I had to experience what I experienced in order to have the transformation that I had. Right. Um, Would it have been better for me to, to not go? Yeah, I probably, you know, would have benefited, but you know, I was medically cleared to go. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really hard to say, like, even with choosing to stay home in April, which was, eight months after my accident, when I stayed home from that final week of fit to lead, that was a challenge, you know, and that was eight Mm -hmm. months later. Right. So there's that, there's that balance of, you know, something happens and you have to trust what the doctors are saying, but you also have to like, you know, try things. And Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from the failures that I had. Mm-hmm. It was like every every part of it was um, was a step that I think I had to take.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Would I would I blame anybody else or think differently of anybody else if they chose in my same situation to stay home? No, like you mm-hmm. have to make the decision that's best for you at that time.
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Wow, well, Mallory, I
0: appreciate hearing the. Your story, and I just learned so much, I, and I'm I'm appreciating the the fragility of the brain and how important it is to you know do the care. I mean, you did the the physical therapy, you did the eye therapy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's it's been years, and it's still so. And and what is will you ever get back to? I don't even know if that's the right way to ask this question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's is, okay. What, you what can what is just ask
0: it. What's the healing process of the brain right now?
1: Yeah. So I had a couple doctors tell me that where I was a year after the accident is where I was going to be forever. Oh. And that hasn't been my experience. Mm. Um, so more than a year after the accident, you know, I still experience healing with my vision, with um, my physical capabilities, with the pain. Um, you know, a year after my accident, I was still having. Migraines every couple of days, or at least one a week. Um, I was still in vision therapy a year after my accident. Mm-hmm. I was still not allowed to drive at night a year after my mm-hmm. accident. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's there's not a ton of research to support my experience because every brain injury is different. Right. And, um, you know, anecdotally, I know of people who continue to heal for 20 years after their accident. Mm. And so I just try to take everything a day at a time, Um, you know, even in the last year through COVID with um, having fewer out of the house responsibilities, like not having to drive as much, Mm -hmm. I've experienced a lot of healing just in this past year, even so, Mm -hmm. you know, leading up to my third year, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still healing, I'm still changing. And that's I think absolutely possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm lucky in that my particular brain injury, um, the doctor said from the beginning from my MRIs that they didn't think I would have permanent damage and that's great. Um, you know, some people, their brain injuries do have permanent damage. Mm -hmm. So, um, while I don't think that, and after trauma, there's a thing called post-traumatic growth. Um, so when, you know, people ask if I think I'll ever be the same again, my answer is I'm not going to be the same because what I went through changed me Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Right. Um, but in terms of, you know, I've, I've changed my business to fit my current abilities. Like I used to work in person for 12 hours a day, stretching people Mm -hmm. and physically that's not something that I can do, you know, that, Mm -hmm. There's a point where, you know, if I, again, if I push myself physically to a point, I have symptoms increase Mm -hmm. and my quality of life is more important to me than getting back to what I used to do. Um, Mm -hmm. practicing yoga, it's the same thing. I can now physically do a down dog, but when I do, I, you know, have a headache after, and it's just Mm -hmm. not important to me. It's not important to me enough to do a down dog. Uh, for the sake of doing a down dog or a different inversion, and then Mm -hmm. to feel awful after. So, you know, those are the changes that I, you know, just continue to to make. And would I love to be able to do that again someday? Yeah. And I'm also okay, if I can never do a down dog again.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then that gets to I know, we talked earlier about mindful movement for stress resilience, that that's something Mm -hmm. that's important to you. So yeah. what does that mean to you? So that's 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 your current mm-hmm. you know, offering and what you're teaching. And
1: yeah, you know, so a lot of people have perceptions about movement or mm-hmm. exercise, right? And I know, like my background, I was a competitive swimmer. So I've always treated movement as it needs to be challenging, it needs to push limits, it needs to you know, I need to be constantly getting faster or better or stronger. Um, and a lot of people feel that way about movement. Um, and, you know, we teach Baptiste power yoga. And mm-hmm. I remember um, since we've been talking about Fit to Lead, I remember, you know, something that you said to Baron during training about, you know, power yoga and older people. <laughs> remember that (laughs) So we we have this conception that like power yoga needs to be a physically vigorous demanding practice I had that perception before Mm -hmm. and what mindful movement is to me is just moving my body in a way that feels good and Mm -hmm. listening to my body and taking the feedback my body's giving me and not exercising to you know beat myself up or you know, make up for calories that I've eaten or, mm-hmm. you know, achieve anything. Like I see mindful movement as a way to care for my body mm-hmm. because the way that I move has changed drastically. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, I, I feel that mindful movement can include yoga. It can include any type of movement. It might be walking down the street. Um, but it's just, it's, being tuned into what's happening in the body rather Mm. than trying to tune out what's happening with the body. Right. And it's been, you know, it's been a huge shift for me and um, you know, one benefit of the work that I do and I've been in the health and fitness industry for 16 years, I've trained over 30,000 sessions one-on-one with clients. And so I've gotten to see like that my experience is not limited to just me. Like I have Mm -hmm. a lot of people that I've worked with who've overcome, uh, plane crashes, car crashes, motorcycle crashes, losing a limb, um, dealing with chronic illness, you know, so many challenges that humans, we as humans face, um, and that change in relationship with the body and our abilities is, um, such an important one to, to nurture, because mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, things do happen in life that we don't have control over. Yeah, and and all yeah. we can do is is work on how we react to it, how we respond.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing sharing that, yeah. Mallory. And you Thank know my you. my podcast, Spiritually Fit Yoga. One of my intentions for creating this is is also I have experienced that in. The, I'm just going to say in the Western world, you know, how yoga has been presented, it's emphasized mm-hmm. the physical practice, the asana practice. Yeah. And to remind listeners that yoga is so much more, there's the eight limbs of yoga, there's the meditation, there's the self inquiry work, I mean, there there's the focus, mm-hmm. there's so much more to it. And, you know, in India, some may, somebody might say they, they practice yoga, and they've never ever done a downward dog. Yes, <laughs> never, you know, they're practicing more of this, um, the mindset and, and the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind, you know, which is in the, the yoga sutras. So um, yeah, and that's where yoga is for everybody, whether it's um, somebody with an, a brain injury, something, somebody with whatever the physical injury, mm-hmm. that we can all practice it, you know, and how it can benefit us in our life. Yeah. And I love that and how you said, yeah, you know, mindful movement for um, stress resilience. You know, that's mm-hmm. a a lot of us can use that. Yeah. And you talked about COVID, like almost all of us, we're, we've all experienced a trauma. Yeah. <laughs> we've gone yes. through something together. And yes. um, yeah, I know you in Arizona, uh, you might not have experienced as much of like the masking up and stuff. And like, I, I have friends and I have students that are still not ready to come back to the yoga studios. They're afraid to take mm-hmm. off their masks. There's that, Mental that emotional trauma, you know, and then how you process that.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm not a a psychotherapist, but one thing that I've learned from from my therapist is that's okay. You Mm -hmm. know, it's okay to take your time to come back to, you know, quote the real world, right? Um, Because, yeah, you know, we've experienced collective trauma, and everyone is going to react differently to coming back to a yoga studio, or, you know, going out to dinner, I Mm -hmm. personally, I'm really risk averse these days, because of what Mm -hmm. I've been through. And I Mm -hmm. have this, like, kind of feeling of, I know, I'm really strong, and I know I'm resilient, but I'm going to do everything I can to not (laughs) experience more hardship right now. Yeah. And so I've, I've been very risk averse, you know, through COVID, both Mm -hmm. for myself, you know, my husband, and in my community, because, you know, I had something happen to me that I didn't think was a big deal at the time. yeah. And then it completely changed my life. Mm-hmm. And um, as much as I can say that I'm grateful for the lessons, I'm grateful for the growth, I would never choose to go through it again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that thank you for being so honest. Yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah. yeah it could have it been very motivating for you to say, yeah, I'm so grateful for and blah, blah, blah. And you're being authentic and honest. I love that.
1: Well, thank you for affirming that. Because sometimes when I share that people are like, well, are you sure you're not grateful? I'm like, nope, I've never, ever willingly go through what I've gone through again. Yeah, I do not recommend having a brain injury or Mm -hmm. losing your vision. It's expensive, Mm -hmm. stressful, It's um, put a lot of strain on my relationships. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of friends that, you know, are no longer friends. There's, Mm -hmm. um, there's just a lot, you know, it's like a wrecking ball going through your life. Mm -hmm. So I can Mm -hmm. be grateful for how I've changed and how I've grown. And I can also just say, nope, no, thank you. I would not, I would not willingly sign up for it.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I love that. It's (laughs) like the both and. You can you can have grateful and not so grateful. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's okay.
1: Mm.
0: So I'd love to wrap up with hearing. I always ask my my guests, and I think you've heard that on the podcast. It's like, do you have three suggestions for our listeners on how to stay spiritually
1: fit? Yeah. Um, The number one thing is to be present. You know, practicing mindfulness. Um, Mm -hmm. I. When it was open, like I had a very rough relationship with mindfulness prior to my accident. Like I didn't want to be mindful. I, uh, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable to be present and mindful. And, um, I think it's also so important. Um, and along with being present, I would say be patient because taking any type of change takes time. And so for me, presence and patience kind of just go along together. Mm -hmm. And then the last tip would be to be compassionate, Mm -hmm. Um, especially to self because um, yeah, we're, we're growing at the way that, you know, we treat ourselves the way that I treat myself is uh, the most important thing that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, I I can focus on every day. Mm -hmm. So those would be my, my three tips. Um, one of the biggest barriers I had to practicing mindfulness was that I'm not naturally a patient person and I'm not naturally like self compassionate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would be, you know, frustrated with myself that I wasn't good at meditating or I wasn't good at being mindful. And, um, you know, it really is because, you know, when we, when our nervous systems are, Amped up, So when we're, um, we're in the, a uh, sorry, a sympathetic response, mm-hmm. uh, our minds aren't naturally going to be mindful because in order to survive, our brains, you know, need to process quickly and, you know, make decisions, meditation and mindfulness happen in the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it really does take time and practice to be able to switch between the two. Mm-hmm
0: right yeah that's so great i was having just briefly i was having a conversation with a friend about parenting mm-hmm. and how it's a reminder to me that let's say with me and my teen and we're just like in a heated conversation that it's like that mindset and that that sympathetic dominant yeah that nervous yeah. system when the sympathetic nervous system is is like firing and like angry it's like that's yeah. not the time that's not the time to be reasonable <laughs> It's like, yeah, time, time, nurture the parasympathetic nervous system then, then what can I say or like offer with, um, with, yeah. with a, a, the mindset of like conscious and aware and, um, and just taking that time. And your whole story is reminding me to, you know, to give yourself the time, you know, whether it's for your brain to heal
1: mm-hmm. or
0: to take five breaths or whatever, whatever it is that, that you need. And so, um
1: yeah thank you for saying that yeah for me too it's the space like setting up that space Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's a mindset whether that's a physical space you know whatever that is Mm -hmm. um, to give the time and space to to change
0: right yeah yeah and i want to acknowledge you too i know we had talked about setting up this this interview or this, this chat, I know there at one time, you know, you let me know that you needed some time, you know, that you needed some time for yourself. So then we scheduled it today. And I have so much respect, you know, when you or anybody like set your boundaries, sometimes we need to set our boundaries and tell a friend, or whether it's professional or personal, it's just like, hey, you know it right now, I need to practice some self care. I mm-hmm. need to be compassionate towards myself. And it sounds like you're you're practicing saying no, you say you're getting you're really good at saying no, now,
1: (laughs) better (laughs) than you used to be (laughs) better than I used to be. I still it's still very hard. And thank you for that acknowledgement. Because I'll be honest, like the first thing I do is go into a shame spiral. Um, Mm. I should be able to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a podcast interview, or it's just an hour, like, I should be able to push through it. Like Mm -hmm. that's the very first thing that my brain says to me, right? Like suck it up, do it. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a constant practice for me of Mm -hmm. like, you know, those three, the spiritually fit principles I mentioned, like Mm -hmm. those are what I practice every day. Be present. Is this something that if I push through it, is it something that, you know, is going to set me back, be patient, mm-hmm. like give myself the time and the space and then being mm-hmm. compassionate with myself that I can't, you know, be Wonder Woman and do it all. Right. And I just want to acknowledge you too for giving me that space to take care of myself. Um, yeah. You know, the way that you have, you know, um, held that space for me so beautifully has just been, I still struggle with finding words, um, but it's just been really remarkable to be, um, to be accepted and empowered in the way that you've held space for me. So thank you.
0: Mm. Yeah, thank you, Mallory. I, I I am so grateful for you. And um, yeah, and I, I constantly remind myself and remind you and the listeners that, you know, the no can be a greater yes you know, to focus that there's a, there's a greater yes, that we're saying a yes to self or yes to, you know, what is important to us. And, um, yeah, and that's an important Mm -hmm. practice too. So to finally wrap up, would you share, I know that you have a mindful minute service. Would you share about that? And then how can people follow you and find you?
1: Yeah. Um, first easiest way to, to follow me or connect with me is on Instagram. Um, I kind of just picked one platform to be present on. And so on instagram, i'm uh, my handle is Dr. Foxy Fit, so that's d r f o x y f i t.
0: yeah, and I love your Instagram account, by the way. So listeners check her out. She's like, i love I love your account.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. yeah, thank you. That means a lot. yeah, um, And then I created out of my experience with, you know what I've been for the last three years, I created a service that, um, I needed for myself. So it was kind of like a selfish creation. Um, but for me obstacles to practicing mindfulness were often expense. You know, it can be expensive to join a yoga studio or, um, you know, invest in learning about mindfulness. Um, it can be expensive in terms of time, you know, taking 60 minutes or 75 minutes, or 90 minutes for a class. And um, it can also be hard to start something new. So those were like obstacles that I had with practicing mindfulness, especially you know years ago when I first started yoga. And so I created a daily text message service. It's completely free for people who subscribe. And it's a one minute mindfulness prompt that I send out every single day. Mm. and figured, you know, pretty much everyone has a cell phone (laughs) and, um, you know, I do well when I get a text message, um, that says, you know, take a moment and breathe. I'm pretty good at following instructions. So, Mm. so my intention with sending it out, um, is to just support people in creating a habit of mindfulness, you know, even one minute of mindfulness can help to reduce stress, which contributes to building stress resilience. Mm-hmm. And it's like strengthening, you know, that, that muscle, that mindfulness muscle um, mm. with, with at least one rep a day. And if people have the time and space to do more, great, but at least, you know, for one minute a day, it's a little support to help somebody try something new.
0: Great. Yeah. yeah.
1: And if anybody wants to subscribe, um, just text the word mindful to 480-531-9810. And I don't spam people. It really is just the one message every day with a very short mindfulness prompt.
0: Hmm. That's so great. And I'm, I'm going to put all this in the episode notes so people can, can grab that there also. And this was an amazing episode Mallory I I learned so much from you and and as a friend it's so it's been so fun for me to connect with you and chat with you and um and I'm going to I'm just going to offer something so whether you receive it or not or the listeners receive it or not so I know that that there is a struggle with um being grateful you know for the blessings of what happened and you don't need to feel grateful you get to feel how you feel mm-hmm. but Considering that that there might be a higher a higher purpose or a higher power at play that's actually using you for good that you don't even you might not even be aware of. So that might be something that you know you resonate with or not, but i I have this sense that it's like you are being used for a greater good beyond that you could even imagine. you know Thank through you. through everything that's happened. Cause I see what you're offering and I just see your presence and I see your light despite what's happened. And, um, and I see you, you being a, a model of this resilience that you're teaching this, this stress resilience. And I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm really grateful for your light and for you being vulnerable and sharing your story and being so honest about your story. And, um, yeah, and I love you for that. And I just want to say thank you for that.
1: Thank you so much. Um, I'm actually tearing up over here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, what got me through like the darkest moments was if I can someday help one person. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, that's that's what got me through. Um, hoping that there was a greater purpose for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I just really appreciate you saying that and anyone listening who's going through something difficult, like I do believe that there is, um, going to be more for you. And, uh, like I said, I never would have chosen to go through this, but (laughs) I am grateful. And if I can help one person, you know, by sharing my story, like I'm, I'm always going to say yes to that because I know how much other people sharing their stories has helped me help me to get through hardship. So, you know, thank you so much for holding space so beautifully and for helping people um, share their stories. And you just, um, you have such a gift for holding space and for allowing um, people to share whatever comes up. And it's truly a gift. And I'm grateful that you that you share it with us so freely. Thank you, Mallory. I really yeah. appreciate it.
0: I thank you for your time. And um, I'm so excited for the listeners to hear this episode. And I can't wait to connect with you again, in person or on Instagram or sometime. We're connected. Yes. Yeah, yes. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I want to give want to give a brief plug. Um, congratulations. I see that you're just opening up a new yoga studio, right? Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's... <laughs> so I just, just remembered that because I saw Brian. So Brian is her husband. Um, Brian and you posted about, why don't you just share real quickly, like about the um, the yoga studio, where it is
1: and what is the Instagram
0: account for that?
1: Yeah. So we're a Baptiste Yoga affiliate. Baptiste Power Yoga Phoenix, and that's the Instagram handle too. Um, And we actually, Brian started Baptiste Power Yoga Phoenix um, about two and a half years ago. And we did pop-up events, you know, in and around the Phoenix area and just graduated to a physical space and it'll be in the Phoenix area. Um, Anyone familiar with Phoenix, it's by Paradise Valley Mall. It's currently in construction and we should be opening within a couple of months. So it's been really cool to see Brian pursue that dream. It's been a long time dream for him and I will be teaching at the studio. It'll be mm. the first time I've taught yoga since my accident. I really haven't oh, taught at all. So I'm excited to take get back to teaching, um, teaching classes
0: yeah. Oh, I am so I just saw that yesterday. So I was just like, mm-hmm. Oh, I need to just mention this and ask you about it really quickly. And, um, and shout out to Brian. I love Brian, your husband, Brian, Brian, and I have partnered up in several yoga teacher trainings. And, um, and I know he was there, you know, in San Francisco, when I saw you guys just get engaged. And, I'm just yeah. so happy for both of you and congratulations on opening up the studio. If I, I can get to Phoenix, I would love to just zip on over there and see you guys. That yeah. would be so much fun. would love that. Um, yeah. Anyway, awesome. so I just want to, I just want to leave it on that note to make sure I, I included just like this great thing for you to all to celebrate and anybody listening in Phoenix or listening in Arizona, go pop on over and, and check them out. What was Baptiste power yoga? Say it again. Baptiste. Yes. It's Baptiste Power Yoga Phoenix. It's a mouthful. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right, Mallory. Love you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank
1: you so much. Love you. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. That was such
0: a valuable episode to learn how to support somebody that's experienced a traumatic brain injury and I just really, really appreciated Mallory's story, her sharing her story with us. So here's what I captured. These are the highlights that I got out of the episode that I wanna share with you. So to support someone that has sustained an injury and has experienced traumatic brain injury, one, help them remember facts about their experience and jot down their symptoms and write them down for them. So help them remember because with the injured brain, there is a lack of clarity and the memory there there can be forgetfulness so help them out by helping them write it down help them remember Two, accompany them to appointments so even if the person says that oh I can drive and I'm fine and they might be physically fine physically capable but consider taking them to appointments because it's just one less thing for the brain to do even the brain driving driving and have to having to navigate the traffic and and looking at the the traffic signals and and knowing the directions I mean, we don't realize how much we use our brains and and taking to them them to an appointment and accompanying them and bringing that list that you wrote down and presenting that to a doctor to be an advocate for them that can be such a huge help and then the third thing she mentioned was get emotional support and she did mention she mentioned a lot in this episode but i grabbed three of these tips and how to support somebody with a traumatic brain injury. So support them emotionally and encourage them or support them as they seek emotional support, whether it's seeing a therapist and, and the doctor, their, their physician might suggest that they go to a therapist, so supporting them in that way and I'm going to just add on my own what was resonating with me is that my mom has Alzheimer's and these tips they totally they, they relate to how I also support my mom also trying to remember for her our family used to help her and write down what we notice as symptoms bring them to the doctor take her to appointments um, and Compassion, I'll get to that, where Mallory mentioned compassion. In terms of emotional support, something I really had to learn, and I know I'm going off on a tangent right now, because now I'm talking about my mom with Alzheimer's, but something I really needed to learn was when her brain became more and more forgetful and it was showing up as repeating herself or having to ask questions. And I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. I, as her daughter, I I was frustrated and I found myself correcting her and saying things like, well, I already told you that, mom, and don't you remember? And, and then she had the diagnosis and not realizing that those comments are not helpful at all for someone who is experiencing a challenge with their brain. So I just wanna throw that out there in terms of supporting, emotionally supporting, anyone who might seem like either their brain is not 100% there, or if their speech is slowing down and they're, it's taking them a longer time to find the words that they need. My experience in terms of offering compassion, whether it's Alzheimer's or somebody with a TBI, is to don't correct them. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Those of you that have experience with, with loved ones that have Alzheimer's or forgetfulness, you you know what I'm talking about. So I'm just adding that on. Mallory didn't mention that, but I'm I'm adding this on, myself from my own personal experience. Okay, so three ways to say spiritually fit that Mallory she shared with us. The first one was to be present, practice mindfulness, to be patient, and three be compassionate to self. So those are great tips whether you have a brain injury or not but those are three be present be patient be compassionate to self and she shared how you can follow her and i'm putting this in the episode notes instagram she's at dr foxyfit fit dr foxy fit and she and her husband just opened up Baptist Power Yoga Phoenix in Arizona. And if you're fortunate enough to get to Arizona, go check them out, visit them. Mallory and Brian, oh my gosh, they're the most lovely people. They are so fun, so delightful. Meet them in person. And then I want to um, mention her Mindful Minute texting service. Such a great service and I love how the reason why she wanted to create this was to remove the obstacles to practice mindfulness. And what a great thing to simply, here's the phone number for you, and you can check the episode notes, text the word mindful, M-I-N-D-F-U-L, to the phone number 480-531-9810. So that's 480-531-9810 and that's all she's doing is texting you. So she is not doing anything else but getting your phone number so you can receive a mindful minute that's going to send, it's actually not a minute, it's it's a text, it's a daily text to reduce stress and increase resilience. So, and that's her, that's what she'll be doing. Send her mindful to that phone number. It's in the episode notes. Visit her in Arizona. Visit her Instagram page. Check her out. She's doing mindful movement for stress resilience. So much to learn from her. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I appreciate you. And my wish is that my episodes are of value to you. To let you practice spiritual fitness. Let me know how these episodes are working for you. Leave me a review. Leave me a rating. DM me. DM me at spiritually Fit Yoga on Instagram. That's the best way to reach me. And I appreciate you so much. Have a beautiful, blessed day. Love your brain. Love yourself. Peace out, my friends.